Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. And follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. Become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I do want to remind you that I've got uh, two other uh, programs for your listening pleasure. There is The War. And uh, you can follow that at uh, greatdetectives.net slash the war. Also, uh, check out the old-time radio Superman show at laserandsword.com. Now it's time for us to get into yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And coming up later on in the show, we'll have another episode of Manhunt. So here now is the Phantom Chase Matter, Part 5. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Johnny Dollar. Lieutenant Lefebvre, New Orleans Police, Johnny. How's that when you call? Lieutenant, I think I've got a new lead on the whereabouts of Tom Chase. I could use a new lead. Let me have it. That room he leased under the name of Tom James. Remember that charred paper we found in the wastebasket? Sure. Stuff he tried to burn after he took off in a hurry the night of Freddie Quintana's murder. We could make out two numbers written on one scrap of paper. Twelve and twenty-three. Haven't been able to figure out what they mean, though. Neither had I, until I happened to look at the harbor news in the newspaper. Yeah. You think those numbers could refer to a ship sailing? Pier 23 at 12 o'clock, maybe? Could be, Johnny. Sure could be. I go to work on it. Maybe I have something by the time you get here. Lieutenant, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Tonight, and every weekday night, Bob Bailey and the transcribed adventures of the man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator... Yours truly... Johnny Dollar. From Special Investigator Johnny Dollar, location New Orleans, to the Home Office Universal Adjustment Bureau, Hartford, Connecticut. Assignment, the Phantom Chase Matter. Expense account continued. Item 16, $1.50, cab from my hotel to police headquarters in the office of Detective Lieutenant Lefebvre. I got some of my boys working on ship sailings, Johnny. Trouble is, we're not sure what date we want and whether the 12 means noon or midnight. Pier 23 is a pretty busy place. There's been several departures in the last few days. Freddie Quintana was killed three nights ago, about 10.30 at night. Could be the departure time was midnight that same night. Could be, and that's a line we're taking. But, of course, that's assuming that... Tom Chase, alias Tom James, was the one who murdered Freddie Quintana. Oh, everything points that way, Lieutenant. Look, Tom Chase was the junior partner in the New York investment firm of Everson and Chase. He embezzled 120000 bucks, jumped his bail, and disappeared. Embezzler isn't necessarily killer, Johnny. Matter of fact, the two types are usually quite different. True enough. But the big kicker in this deal is why Tom Chase went sour in the first place. A man who changed as completely as he did in one direction might go all the way. Well, it's happened before, of course. 
His wife Lola and his senior partner, George Everson, were pretty shocked at the thought Tom had embezzled the money. They couldn't understand why a man like he was would do what he did. Neither could I, until I found out it was a woman who rented a room for him here in New Orleans. Mm. How did Miss Chase take that news? Oh, pretty hard. She's still here in New Orleans? No, I talked her into returning to New York. I just didn't want to see her get hurt anymore. She probably shouldn't have come down here in the first place. Well, that's what I told her. But there was nothing she could do here. But what it boiled down to was she just wanted one more look at her husband. You see, after he was arrested in New York, he refused to make a statement. Wouldn't even talk to her about it. Refused to see her at all. So she thought if she could see him again, he might have some kind of explanation. Yeah. But as it turned out, she was just asking for another kick in the face. How can a man explain another woman? <laughs> That's a good question. Personally, I hope I never have to answer one like it. Lefebvre, when I see what happens sometimes in the marriages I run up against, I'm glad I'm single. The trouble is, you and I have tangled with the wrong kind of people most of the time. You can say that again. Freddie Quintana sure fit into that category. That name brings up problems, Johnny. We're basing our belief that Chase skipped town and that those numbers on the scrap of paper mean a ship sailing. We're basing all that on the assumption that Chase killed Quintana. Right. You must remember that Quintana was a bad boy. There are plenty of people who'd like nothing better than to knock him off. But why at that particular moment? Oh, Lieutenant, the timing adds up to Chase. After I traced him here to New Orleans, Quintana contacted me, said he could deliver Chase for a price. He showed me a sample of Chase's handwriting he'd swiped from his room. It was genuine, all right. Then Quintana winds up dead in an alley before he can deliver Chase. How else can it add up? Look, Johnny, I'm just mentioning possibilities. You're right. Chase is the probability. Yeah. The fair... What? Let me get that down. All right, I have it. Thanks. They locate the ship? Yeah. Caribbean Star. Left at midnight the night of Quintana's murder. From Pier 23? Right. Destination Trinidad by way of Havana and Haiti. And there is a Tom James on that passenger list. Your hunch was a good one. Let's see. If I could get a plane out of here this morning, I might be able to intercept the ship at Haiti. Hey, could you cable the authorities there and request them to hold chase if I don't make it in time? Sure, glad to. Fair. Just a minute. Johnny, you expecting a call from New York? Oh, yeah. I put one into George Everson, Chase's senior partner, a little while ago. Well, here it is. Good, thanks. Hello? This is George Everson in New York. They told me at your hotel that you were at police headquarters. You were wondering why Chase embezzled the money from your firm, Mr. Everson. I still can't understand it. Mr. Dollar, it just... Well, maybe this will help. We found out that his hideout here in New Orleans was arranged for him by a woman. A woman? Oh, no. And, according to the rental agent, quite a woman. Oh, good Lord. To think. Well, does Lola know of this? Yes, I talked her into returning to New York. Good. Never have gone down in the first place. Uh, any leads on Chase's present whereabouts? Yeah, just turn one up. It looks like he's traveling under the name of Tom James on a ship to Trinidad. Trinidad? Right. But if my luck holds, he won't get farther than Haiti. <laughs> Expense account item 17, $134.40. Transportation from New Orleans to Port-au-Prince, Haiti. The flight only took a few hours, but to me the plane seemed as slow as a truck. But then, as we came in over the harbor at Port-au-Prince, I could see it was going to be a dead heat. The boat was just entering the harbor. By the time I got to the dock, they were just putting the gangway over. Nobody had come ashore yet. I had Chase's stateroom number from the passenger list. Okay. 
Empty. Real empty. Oh, well. What's the trouble here? What's wrong? Oh, presser. Was that you just broke in the door? Yeah, here's my card. But insurance investigator. But really, Mr. Dollar, the door... Don't worry, that... don't worry. I'll take care of it. Right now, I'm more interested in the man who used to be behind the door. What? He was going under the name of Tom Jane. Oh, yes, Mr. Jane. Well, where is he? I'm afraid I wouldn't know, now, Mr. Look, Dollar. Now, look, this is no time for games, Percy. But I don't know where he is. I came aboard just as the gangway went down. Nobody could have come ashore. Do you mean here at Port-au-Prince? Wait a minute. Are you trying to say he got off at some other port? Our first stop. Havana? That'd be two days ago. That's right, Mr. Dollar. Oh, well, that's just great. I bust my neck to meet the boat for nothing. Look, so he got off in Havana. You have any idea where he was heading? None whatsoever. Well, that just about doesn't. He did ask me where the airline's office in Havana was. Airline's but... office. Thanks. <laughs> Expense account item 18, $8.40. Long distance call to the Havana Police Department. They put me through to a Lieutenant Escobar. See, si, Senor Dollar? Hey, look, Lieutenant Escobar. I'm an insurance investigator from the United States. The United States? But the operator said you are in Haiti. Well, yeah, that's right. You see, well, let that go for a moment. I'm after a fugitive, an embezzler named Tom Chase, also known as Tom James. Chase? James? Yes, I wonder if you'd check the airlines at Havana and see where he bought a ticket to, then call me collect. I thought he was going to Trinidad, so I came as far as Haiti, where I found out here he got off in Havana. Trinidad? Haiti, Havana? Senor, if you will permit me, you sound a little confused. Yes, I do, senor. It's because I am. There was nothing I could do after that except sit in Port-au-Prince and twiddle my thumbs. I wasn't at all sure I'd be hearing from Lieutenant Escobar again, or if I did, whether he'd have a lead for me. But two hours later, he called back, and he did. About your friend, Senor James, or Senor Chase, I'm not sure which. Let's not start that routine again, Lieutenant. James will do. See. Si. Two days ago, the Senor James bought a plane ticket here in Havana. Where to? Barbados. Barbados? See, si, the British West Indies. Yeah, I know where it is. Oh, brother, he really gets around. Now, let me see if I have this thing straight, Senor. You thought he was going to Trinidad, so you went to Haiti. Well... But instead he came to Havana, so he went to Barbados. Well, you see... No, Senor, I am sorry, but it still does not make sense. Don't worry about it, Lieutenant Escobar. It does to me. Just accept my thanks for the lead. Someday I'll sit down and write you a letter about it. Item 19, $143, transportation and incidentals from Haiti to Barbados. From the air, it looked like a beautiful spot. Pastel-colored houses with pink roofs, clean, sandy beaches, gentle waves. Yeah, I could see Chase's point in coming here. A good place to get away from it all, particularly with $120,000 to keep you company. And more particularly, when what you're trying to get away from is a couple of assorted charges, like embezzlement and murder. But if I thought that finding Tom Chase, alias Tom James, would be a cinch once I got to Barbados, I was sadly mistaken. It was a bigger island than I'd realized, about 170 square miles. And Bridgetown was quite a fair-sized city. I checked in at a hotel, then made the rounds of all the others, inquiring about Chase. But I got nowhere. Item 20, one dollar, two drinks, while I brooded in the hotel bar over the fact the trail had gotten cold again. But by the time I'd got that through my head, I saw the prettiest sight I'd encountered all day. A girl. And unless I was very much mistaken, she was heading for my table. You're Johnny Dollar? Sure am. I'd like to talk to you. Sit down. Thank you. Cigarette? Please. You're looking for somebody, aren't you, Mr. Dollar? Am I? Anybody in particular? Yes. 
Let's call him Tom James. Oh? What about him? I know where he is. Who are you? Connie. Connie who? Connie's enough. So you're the one, huh? What do you mean? Well, I knew Chase wasn't traveling alone. Yeah, I'm the one. One thing I don't get. What? Why you're doing this, if you're Chase's girlfriend. You want out, maybe? Yeah, I want out. So you'll deliver Chase to me. What do you want for it? Money enough to get back to the States? That might be arranged. Just one thing. What is it? The last person who tried to turn Chase over to me got himself killed back in New Orleans. You better be real careful. I will. Now, look. There's a bar down near the waterfront called the Trade Winds. Know it? I can find it. Be there about ten tonight. Chase will be with me. Okay. Two things, Mr. Dollar. What are they? Don't let on to him how you found him. Okay, what else? Bring the money. Connie left and I sat there basking in the welcome warmth of a trail that had suddenly heated up again. At quarter to ten, I went down to the waterfront. I spotted the trade winds bar down the street a block or so. I waited. Pretty soon, I saw Connie go inside. I started for the entrance. Then, suddenly, I realized I was being followed. Somebody crossed the street in the shadows. I whirled and headed for him fast. It took him by surprise. He ducked down an alley, then into a warehouse on a pier. I eased up to the door. It was dark inside. But I went in. Then, too late, out of the corner of my eye, I spotted somebody beside me in the dark. Something hard hit me over the right ear. Knocked me to my knees. Yeah, I'd finally caught up with Chase. The hard way. Here's our star to tell you about the next exciting episode of this story. Next, a small fishing boat, a deserted island, and a man waiting there for me. A man with a gun. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Robert Reif, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Heard in our cast were Virginia Gregg, Michael Ann Barrett, Lawrence Dobkin, Forrest Lewis, Peter Leeds, Barney Phillips, Tony Barrett, and Victor Perrin. Musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Be sure to join us on Monday night for another exciting episode of this story on Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan speaking. Welcome back. Well, we will uh, pick.
pick up the story in week two on Monday, I have to say that uh, already Johnny's had to run about quite a bit. As I said, we'll find out whether he gets his man. I do kind of wonder why he wasn't in touch with the cruise line before, um, uh, or the ship. It doesn't say it was a cruise ship. Why wasn't in touch with the ship before it got to Haiti? It definitely has a high price on the old expense account. All right, well, on to some listener comments and feedback regarding yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And uh, uh, Lori comments, uh, I'm loving this serial. I really like that they took the time to get the names correct. Uh, the Rincon, Nogales, Saint, uh, Santa Rita Mountains, etc. And the case is interesting, too. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it. And the Johnny Dollar serials can be broken down into those that make up a place. Usually it's because they're portraying something negative about the place and they don't want to get into trouble in that way. Um, but there are some that are very uh, true to life and researched. In fact, I've read about, though I've not actually heard, some episodes where actual stations that were CBS affiliates actually played into the case. So uh, we've got a lot of uh, interesting times ahead on that regards. And then a comment from uh, Tarona, uh, one of my favorites, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And uh, those were both on episodes from the uh, Primrose Matter. Well, now it's time for us to continue on with uh, Manhunt and the Clue of the Crimson Corpse. Manhunt. The clue of the crimson cork that led to man hunt. No crime has been committed yet. No murder has been done yet. No manhunt has begun. Yet. Hey, wait a minute, Joe. Let's huh? take a look in this store window. It's terrific. Let go of my sleeve. All right, we'll look. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, winter sports, huh? Yeah. Gee, Larson sure has the snappiest outfit. Yeah. Look at that one, will you? Uh-huh. Take a look at that model. <laughs> She's almost real. I wish she was. Hey, Tom, what time is it? We got a date, you know. The girls ain't gonna wait all day. Hey, Accident? Uh, can't you see a car skidded, that's all. I asked you before, what time is it? Let's see. It's just noon. Well, come on, come on, we're late. Okay, but I'd sure like to have one of them sport outfits. I could re... Hey, Joe. Now, what's the matter? Look what's laying there, right in the middle of the window display. Holy mackerel. Look at the blood all over him. And the knife sticking out of his back. Holy mackerel. A murder in Larson's window at high noon. An unseen murderer has done his deadly work, and the blood of a human being now mixes with the artificial snow of a window display. Who will know where to look for the murderer? Who will unmask the unknown killer? Who will start the manhunt? Manhunt. And the clue of the Crimson Court. Uh-uh. No. 
Well, I'll take it. Not with seven points. Oh, what am I playing gin rummy with you for, I'd like to know. Are you sure you haven't put some chemicals in your laboratory on the back of the car so you can read them? <laughs> if I could do that, I wouldn't be spending my time in the police laboratory. Would I, Pat, with that? No, Drew, you wouldn't. But that's the third straight game that you've won. Uh, I wish we had a nice fresh murder to work on instead of sitting here killing time. <laughs> you wait right here and I'll go out and shoot somebody. Mm. Come on, old man. Deal them dark cards. Hey, Drew. Well, Bill Martin, a homicide sergeant in person. Want to take a hand, Bill? Want to take a hand, he says. No, I don't want to take a hand. I want you to lend me a hand. Oh, game's over, Pat. What is it, Bill? What's up? Uh, one of these days, someone's going to get killed and there'll be fingerprints or something we can trace. But today ain't one of them. We get a murder, Drew, but a Lulu. That's what we've been waiting for. What's the story, Bill? What's the story, she says. There isn't any story. That's the trouble. You know last week's department store? Sure, it's that on me. Yeah. And a dozen people are looking in their window all the time. Yet a half hour ago, a corpse suddenly grows on the floor of the window, and nobody saw how it got there. Oh, but that's impossible. Impossible, she says. Sure, it's impossible. Except for one thing. It happened to happen. Take it easy and slower, Bill. All right. Look. A fellow named Fred Santley was stabbed in Larson's window. Nobody saw it happen. Yet one minute there was no corpse there, and the next minute there was. All we know about Santley is there was a key to a room in the James Hotel in his pocket. Nothing else that'll happen. Well, Bill, that really sounds like something. Let's go. Let's go, he says. I'm going up to Larson. If you're staying here till I yell to you. Go on back to your gin rum again. Gonna need you in a little while. No, looks like we're ordered to continue playing, Drew. Maybe I get revenge now for those three games I lost. Never mind the games, Pat. We're going to the James Hotel. This is the room Mr. Santley occupied, Mr. Stevens. But he was only here one night. Mm-hmm. No baggage or anything, huh? Well, I was on duty when he checked in, sir. All he carried was a portfolio. Um, what did the police want with him? The police don't know yet. Oh, I'll take it. Might be something. Hello? Finally, you answer phone, eh, Sandy? Where are the papers? Well, you see, I... We know you have been dealing with someone else. But my government is prepared to pay you much more for the plan. Well, couldn't we meet somewhere and talk this over? Hello? 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 I must have said the wrong thing. They hung up. Oh, wait a minute. Yes, Mr. Santley? This is the police call, miss. Oh. Please check the records and see if Mr. Santley made any outgoing calls when he checked in last night and get me the numbers. Uh, yes, sir. I have his card right here. Uh, no, sir. There are no outgoing calls on his card. Uh -huh. Thanks. I'd be there if he made any calls, Mr. Stevens. Yes, I hope there were some. Well, this is really a prize murder. Not only don't we know a thing about the murderer, but we don't even know anything about the victim. Want to know something, Pat? Mm -hmm. I want to know something about this case. That's what I wanted to tell you. If we don't find out anything at Larson's, we can pack up. You know, this is the first case where an unknown man is murdered in a store window with a dozen people looking on and nobody saw a thing. Scott? You'll find a way out, Drew. You always do. Uh, it's always the first time for everything, Pat. And this looks like it. I don't know. Pat, those three words describe every single angle of this case. Oh, here we are. Okay, Pat, hop out. Hey, you, you can't park there. Oh, sorry, Mr. Stevens. I didn't know it was you. Okay, Martin. You on duty at this corner? Yes, sir. Since 10 this morning. 
Say, Morrison, was there a fire on the block at noon or an auto smash-up or something that would cause a crowd to gather? No, sir, nothing. You see, if there had been an accident or some sudden excitement that would draw the attention of anyone standing in front of the window and give the murderer a chance to get the body in. Oh, well... Everything in this case leads up a blind alley. Why should this be an exception? Officer, maybe a loud backfire or an explosion of some kind. No, there was kind of a loud noise, I remember, about then when a car skidded turning the corner. Huh? What kind of a car? A uh, big green sedan, Rhode Island license plate. I didn't get the license number. Well, that might be something. Thanks, Martin. It's all right, Stephen. Pop out, will you, Pat? Okay. Uh, the legs after a ride. Pat? I'm going into Larson's to talk to Bill. Do I go with you? No, no. I have a job for you. Uh-huh. Get back to the office and get on the telephone. Yes. Check every Midtown hotel garage until you find one that has a big green sedan with a Rhode Island license plate. Rhode Island's a small state. There can't be more than a couple of cars that match that description. I'll get the owner's name and hotel room. Will you be back after you talk to Bill? No, I'll call you. Uh, maybe I'll drop in. Headquarters is only around the corner. Now, hurry, will you, Pat? Okay, Bill. Okay to go in, Morrison? Yes, sir. Okay, Mr. Stevens. Sergeant Martin's in the display window with the dummy. Huh. There's a gag there somewhere. Hello, Bill. What are you doing in the window? Huh? What am I doing in the window, he says. Uh, I'm modeling a new box flat. What are you doing here? Oh, nothing. Just thought I'd drop in and see if I could help. You can help. Beat it. No, wait a minute. I want to tell you something. You got a little dope, Bill. Oh. A floor walker here saw Santley come in carrying a briefcase. And it's missing now. Hmm? He checked his fingerprints with the federal office. He's an airplane designer. That's all we know. Does it mean anything to you? Huh. That information means that five's my lucky number, Bill. In five minutes, I'm going to make a five-cent phone call, and five bucks will get you ten if I'm not on the trail of a gang of killers. Pat, this is Drew. Any luck? Oh, the best. Only one car fitting that description in the Midtown Garage. Hotel Georgie. Car belongs to room 870. Oh, Pat, I love you. You're wonderful. Yeah, I know. But be careful, will you, Drew? Sure, I will. I'll keep whoever I find in front of me all the time. Stantley was stabbed in the back, you know. Floor? Thanks. Oh, 870, All right, everybody. Back against that window. What? All three of you. Come on, move. What's going on here? It's the Stevens, huh? I thought your voice sounded familiar. Clerks in the James Hotel and your gang, eh? Well, this is quite a setup. All right, start talking, you. About what? Getting cute, eh? Never mind, I'll do the talking. You just nod your head. I think I've got this figured pretty well. We listen. You made a deal with Santley. He was going to sell you plans for a new airplane motor. He didn't trust you and insisted he meet you in a public place where there were people around. So? So you met him inside Larson's store, in front of the door that leads to the display window. 
At exactly 12 o'clock, you had somebody drive your car outside and go into a skid, knowing that the people outside the window would turn to see what was happening. They always do, you know. Yes, I know. And just at that moment, you stabbed Santley, took his briefcase, and threw his body into the window. You closed the window door and walked out as nice as you pleased. Nobody in the store saw you because a couple of your men stood in front of you all the time. Right? Come on, talk. We do not have to talk. If you will turn in back of you, you will see why. Oh, you're kidding, of course. You don't think I believe there's anybody in back of you. <coughs> Good work, Stephen. Come now. Everybody out. Right. Leave the car where it is. That's how I must have traced it. Stolen anyhow. Come, snail, move. Come on. Get him away. I'll take the briefcase. But first, I kill this policeman with a knife as I killed Santley. Keep him outside in the hall while I see if they've hurt through. They have. I'll strangle them with my own hands. Drew, please open your eyes. Please, Drew. See anything, Pat? Any sign he's coming through? No, I don't, Drew. Drew, Drew, please. It's me, Pat. Say something. Oh, Pat. Somebody's been playing gin rummy with me. I went down when somebody knocked. Right on the back of my head. Welcome back. Well, a solid story with a nice uh, war uh, angle worked in. And uh, Manhunt will return in two weeks, as we'll have two uh, 15-minute episodes of Johnny Dollar next Friday. Well, some additional listener comments and feedback. We have a new review on iTunes. And uh, Beverly writes, I've been listening to Dragnet and The Great Detectives for at least six years now. I rarely listen to the radio anymore. I love Johnny Dollar, anything with Dick Powell and all the great detectives. I really appreciate the effort you put into the show and giving them to us in order and their backstories. I'm looking forward to Sam Spade with Howard Duff and Richard Diamond. Thanks, Adam. You're a great friend that I can carry around in my pocket. Thanks, Beverly. And uh, anyone who uh, has seen me knows that uh, being able to carry me around in their pocket, that is definitely a result of the power of the information age. But I appreciate your comment, and thanks so much for uh, leaving the review on iTunes. Truly appreciate it. And then we have a uh, review on or comment on Podcast Alley. Uh, from 96 Navy. The podcast is definitely worth a listen. With informative information before and after each episode, you get some history and insight to the era of big radio production. Adam has a friendly and excitable manner, and the content is well organized. Thanks for all the work that goes into this podcast. Well, thank you so much. That will actually do it for today. As I said earlier, uh, Manhunt will return next uh, in two weeks. Join us on Monday as we continue on with the Phantom Chase Manor. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter, Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>